0: I confess, I came on my friend scratch out, friend's wife's tattoo.
1: (laughs) Read them like I see them. (laughs) Sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it, except at Bedpost Confessions, a live storytelling series based in Austin, Texas. Whether the performers are funny, informative, political, or completely personal. The anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Stories heard at Bed Pist Confessions explore themes of sexuality, gender identity, dating, marriage, masturbation, breakups, health and wellness, and more. Whether the story is hysterical or downright emotionally raw, we hope Bed Pist Confessions will either spark a fantasy or start a conversation, maybe even both.
0: Hi! Hello! Hey, sweet pea in the glasses, are all those people right there gone? Fuck them. Somebody come sit up here because I don't, it makes me nervous when there's nobody in seats. So all you people in the back that I can't technically see because of the lights, come sit up here next to this cute person in the glasses right here. Just sit down. If they left, they see, fuck them. It's the end of the night. While that's happening, I also want to just do a quick, quick shout-out. I met some incredible women at an event called Pleasure Island a couple of months ago. And I see y'all in the audience. And I just wanted to say that being the only straight bitch in a sea of 200 lesbians was one of the highlights of my life. You women are amazing what you made happen. All you volunteers are fucking incredible. That was not a part of the show, but that needed to be said. All right, to my story. My story is called Ghost, a.k.a. Dear Universe. We need to talk, girl. Now, as some of you know, this time last year, I was struggling with a crippling dry spell. By the time this past May rolled around, it had been two and a half years since I'd had sex. I'm going to say that again. Two in a half years, I had passed Dry Spell and was just setting up shop in the Sahara. So, i would had enough. One drunken night, a friend of mine that's, that's here tonight, after a disappointing hit and a miss at a bar, we decided that we were going to dub the upcoming summer as the summer of sex. <laughs> Hashtag SOS. Now, my plan... My plan to break this two-and-a-half-year-long sexless streak was just to fuck my way through Austin. Yeah. No shame, no regrets, just getting that dick. Right? Okay. Now, I I felt like I needed to break what was starting to feel like a curse, right? So I set up the necessary profiles on OkCupid and Tinder, and I got to work. Now, who's talking? Because I can hear you talking. I don't know what you're talking about, but I can hear you. Listen, Melissa or, or Beverly or whatever. Who's talking? Stop talking. Now, as a side note. It turns out, it is incredibly easy to have no strings attached sex in Austin, Texas. Now, that might not be a surprise to some of you sluts and whatever, but to me, I was genuinely surprised. Now, anyway, so I developed a foolproof system because a bitch is a fan of efficiency. Uh, I'd engage in the necessary small talk, and then I would hit him with my pitch. And my pitch was always some sort of version of this, like... Hey, uh, so look here. Uh, What's your name? John. All right, look here, John. So I'm not looking for a boyfriend. And I know you've probably heard this before, but I am for real. I'm doing a personal experiment to see how many dudes I can fuck this summer. It's my summer of sex. Now, you can be involved in any capacity you'd like. We can do this once. We can do this several times. What we can do is catch feelings. There is also no cuddling, no asking me about my life or my family, no spending the night, no dating, and no calling me for any reason other than sex. Are you in? Turns out, yes. Lots of men were absolutely in. Now. My only rule was that I had to meet them one time in public to make sure I didn't get that crazy vibe, right? My gut is rarely wrong about men. Whether or not I listen? (laughs) Totally different story. So, if I didn't get the crazy vibe, it was on. Now, I gotta say, my summer sex started very well. I was pleased with myself and how uninhibited I was. I was asking for what I wanted, when I wanted it, and how I wanted it. I was having Really, 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 really good sex. Lots of it. And most of the time with men half my age. I'm just saying. Now, imagine my surprise when a month in, this all came to a screeching halt. I was up late one night, dicking around on Tinder, pun intended. And I swiped right on a beautiful black man. He had kind eyes, a mischievous smile, and gigantic hands. Gigantic hands. I don't know what the sign is. Gigantic hands. Now, imagine my delight to find out that he had also swiped right on me. Now, as you know, if you've been on Tinder, you can swipe right on each other and never say a fucking word to each other. But he messaged me pretty quickly. We did the requisite requisite small talk, exchanged numbers, started texting. He was charming, he was funny, he was sarcastic, he was silly and vulnerable and open. I liked him immediately. Now, somewhere in those early conversations, I forgot I was on a mission. I forgot I was just supposed to be getting a dick, right? So I forgot to hit him with my pitch for my summer of sex. Now, day three of talking, he asks me if he can cook for me. He worked crazy hours, and so our meal wouldn't even begin until 10 p.m. There was no hesitation when I said yes. That was July 5th. I remember because I spent the whole day smiling and fussing over my hair. (laughs) I haven't even met this man yet. Now, that night he arrives promptly at 10. I open the door to see the same beautiful face from the pictures. Skin dark as night, tall, broad shoulders, bow-legged he smelled like a man like like I don't know like sugar and musk and like underarm funk you know what I mean like just it was delicious it was delicious he hugged me and squeezed me so tight that I had to catch my breath and then he looked down at me grinned and said you're shorter than your pictures led me to believe Look at you, you're little. And then his face opened up to the biggest, sweetest smile I'd seen in ages. And just like that, my summer of sex with strangers was over. Now, it wasn't until later that night, after some booze, a little cuddling, that I remember, bitch, it's your summer of sex. You need to hit him with your pitch. But all I could manage was, so, hey, um... I'm not really sure what I'm doing. I don't know if I want a relationship or if I just want to fuck, but I could fuck. I I could fuck you right now if that's a thing you would like to do. We could have the sex if that's something that you know you're interested in. Like, the shit was coming out all corny and fucked up. Like, none of the confidence that I wanted to have, right? He just said that he likes to see where things go. He asked for a blanket so that he could sleep on my couch. He kissed me on my forehead, and that was that. I didn't fall asleep for three fucking hours. Now... I couldn't decide if it was cold, should I follow him? Should I wait a minute, then go wake him up? Should I stay put and like masturbate furiously and loudly? Like I was at a loss, I didn't know what to do. Around 7 a.m., he woke me up by rubbing my butt. Oh yeah, gently at first, then firmer, his hands cupping my ass. He asked if he could come over later, and honestly, I would have agreed to anything he wanted as long as he kept palming my ass like a basketball. And that was my first hint that, once again, Nikki was in trouble. Now, the first night we had sex was the first time in my adult life I saw fireworks during an orgasm. Yeah. Bitch, I didn't know that happened. So... We were laying in bed, and I was exploring his body. I was kissing his back, his legs, his shoulders, his chest, his stomach. Initially, he was completely submissive, moaning with every kiss, begging me to bite him harder and harder and harder. He enjoyed that line between pain and pleasure, and honestly, I was enjoying taking him there. But as if a switch had flipped, he turned around, looked at me real seriously, and flipped me on my back. Before I could say anything, he was kissing me everywhere. He was biting my neck, biting my nipples, holding my hands down, completely dominating me. By the time he said he was going to taste me, my head was swimming, and I couldn't recall my own fucking name. Yeah. You've all been there. You've all been there. Now, when he flipped me on my stomach, he lifted me up and put my ass in the air where he wanted it. Now y'all, I am well over 200 pounds. Well over 200 pounds. And he was throwing me around like it was nothing. I was positively giddy. He put my ass up, put his left hand on my back, pressed down, told me to be still. And seemingly, in one move, he licked me, moaned, and glided in effortlessly then simultaneously we both said yeah now i don't remember much after that except the end (laughs) the very end he grabbed a handful of my hair a smile came over my face and he said you beautiful bitch now normally that would be fine words But when he said it, I came 2.5 seconds later. Yeah. Thrashing, screaming, fireworks going off in my fucking head. Yeah. And then I fucking passed out. He had literally given me an orgasm so good that I fainted. Now... I knew that these things could happen because this just in, I will laugh so hard sometimes that I'll pass the fuck out. But what I did know is that you could orgasm to fainting. So I came to with him kissing me all over my face and looking at me with incredible concern. And when I finally focused on him, he said, we're in trouble, ain't we? Now for the next two months, we saw each other damn near every day. And I would occasionally tell him, Hey man, like we shouldn't let things get too serious. And every time he'd look at me and say, Why are you trying to fight this? Just leave it. It's wonderful. We spent most of our time in bed talking about life, fears, hopes, dreams, regrets. And it was there one night that he casually mentioned that he had been living in his car. Now, a side note, anybody that's very close to me knows that I have a very special relationship with homeless men. Yeah. It's not only a bone of contention, but it's like a running joke in my life. If there is a man within a mile radius, pushing a cart, smelling faintly of pee, he's going to hit on me. It's just something that is. It just is. So It came of no surprise that I find myself in bed, totally smitten for the first time in years with a man that was living in his fucking car. But the reality is that (laughs) I didn't care. I wanted him to be around me as much as he wanted to be around me. I, I knew that he had just moved here and he didn't have anyone and I wanted to be his someone. I wanted to be his safe place. I didn't give a fuck about the rest of it. Also, he was fucking me like a champ. So my view, my view was a little skewed. We all know what happens to me when I get good dick. So here I am, feeling what I haven't felt in years, getting what I haven't gotten in years. Like I said, I'm smitten. I decided to invite him to a fat bottom show. He comes towards the end of the show, and he seems out of sorts, but I figure it's because he's tired. As the night goes on, he gets more distant. Until all of a sudden, we are the couple outside of the bar having an intense whisper conversation. And it's not a fight. It's just like that really awkward, like, are you sure that you are all right? With the, with the clenched teeth and the whispering. He decides he should just go to my house and wait for me. I get home. He's asleep. I hop in bed and he reaches for me in his sleep like he's done every night that he spent in my bed. He wakes me up the next morning before he goes to work. He kisses me on my forehead. He says goodbye. And that is the last time I see him. (laughs) That is my sister for about two months. (laughs) Now, during this two months, the next two months, it takes me a while to realize that I've been fucking ghosted. And the main problem is because, you know, I'm fucking conceited. Like, when a man disappears, the first thought in my head is that he's dead. Like, I skip right past, oh, fuck, he's found someone new, he doesn't want me, and I go straight to, holy fuck, he's dead. Because obviously, if you stop talking to me, your ass is dead. You can't possibly still be living. Right? So, my brain starts fucking with me. I start having dreams that he's dead. I start having dreams that he's drowning because he's from Louisiana, and it's around the times that the floods happen. I'm calling him several times a day, and I start sending him text messages that set. They, they start off like, uh, niggas, you all right? And they quickly escalate to, okay, I'm freaking the fuck out. Are you dead? I'm pretty sure you're dead. Oh, fuck, you're dead. Are you dead? Please just tell me if you're dead. (laughs) After about three weeks of this, my sister says, let's just call him from a different number than yours. Genius, right? It's genius. So we did. And he picked right up. Yep. Now, what he said doesn't matter because I had all I needed he was alive, he was fine, he just didn't want me. And that was probably the hardest pill to swallow. So at first, I was real fucking sad. And then, the anger kicked in. Cause, who does that? You gonna fucking ghost me after two months? You think so little of me that you can't be bothered to tell me you're okay? And on top of that, you interrupted my summer of sex? So I sent him a text and I let him have it. Why? Cause fuck him, that's why. Now, technically, this is where my story ended originally. But, true to life, as I was forgetting about him, I ran into him at the fucking HEB last week. Yeah. Isn't that so fucking awesome? You run into the guy that ghosted you two months ago in the HEB parking lot. Not only that, it was the Mueller HEB, so cue the sad hipster music now. Now, My sister and I pull in, and he's the first thing I see. I pull up next to him, and we sit in silence for a second. He looks like he's seen a ghost. I ask him how he is. He says he's terrible. He looks terrible. Sadly, I get no pleasure from it. Evidently, his life has gone to shit. I want to be happy about that, but all I can think about is, he doesn't have anyone here, Nikki. He's alone. I press him for answers. He doesn't give me any. His eyes are red, and I think he's tearing up, but he won't look at me. So I get real fucking angry. And I ask him, I want fucking answers. Why did you, why did you talk me into this when you were just going to leave? Why did you make promises that you had no intention of keeping? Why can't you be bothered to fucking text me and tell me to fuck off like an adult? Why can not you just be fucking human? Thanks. I saw his eyes softened for like a split second. And then he yelled, I'm fucking homeless. Rolled his window up and drove the fuck away. (laughs) So I sat there for a minute and then I started to giggle. And then my giggling gave way to full on hysterical laughter because I just got yelled at by a homeless man. That I used to fuck, but was also kind of smitten with, in the H E B parking lot, in broad fucking daylight. This is not a dream, bitch. This just happened. Cause it's me. Now, I gotta say that I feel like I'm back at square one, right? For the life of me, I can't help but worry about that man. I worry whether or not he's okay. However. I also think about setting his car slash home on fire one day while he's at work. Because I'm an asshole. Either way, either way, there's a silver lining. He reminded me that I deserve the way he made me feel in the beginning. I deserve to be devoured by my lovers. I deserve to be worshipped. I deserve to feel wanted. He reminded me that I can be crazy over someone. I can lose sight. I can get hurt. But I'm going to be okay. Most of all, most important, he reminded me that it is never too late. My summer of sex may be over, but my fall of fucking has just begun. Thanks.
1: Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. You don't have to attend a show to confess. With our Confession Scroller, you can confess with us anytime on our site at bedpostconfessions.com. Also pick up a copy of our anthology, Bedpost Confessions, Real Sex, Real People, Real Stories, which features 35 stories and hundreds of audience confessions. Bedpost Confessions, the anthology, found on Amazon in print and ebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And if you have a sec, please help bring Bedpost Confessions to more people by rating the podcast. You know how it works. More ratings and reviews equals higher podcast ranking equals more confessions. Thanks for your support. And until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess that the other evening, my girlfriend farted while I was going down on her. We both ignored it happening, but then after, she said, while cuddling, can we never talk about how I tooted on your face ever? (laughs) Uh, My reply, yeah, I mean, except for right now. (laughs) So,
0: I swear to God, this wasn't planned, but I confess. I kinda want you to fart in my face. <laughs> when I eat that booty. No, there's more. Yeah. Bring the damn tiger out of me. Rr. Rr. Like a tiger. No, I mean a lion. Rr. Rr.
1: Smiley face. I just read them like a scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>